Well, it's a brand new week, and welcome to the third episode of Try Talk SA. Uh, thanks a lot for all the interaction on the, on the previous two. It's, it's been brilliant. Uh, I love hearing from you, and uh, keep them coming. You can pop us an email, try, uh, it's podcast at trytalksa.co.za. You can also tweet us at trytalksa, or if you're on Facebook, just look us up, Try Talk SA. It's as easy as that. Another busy show coming up this week, uh, and uh, probably one of the most inspiring inspirational interviews I have ever ever done and I can I can safely say that I mean I've done quite a few interviews in my life with with what I do for a living and uh, I am blown away by Peter Dupria. You might not know who he is. Uh, I can tell you he's South African and he's the first quadriplegic to complete a half Ironman distance triathlon. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal guy. An amazing chat and if that doesn't fire you up to to sort of do something great then I'm afraid Nothing will. It's one of those things. We also chatted to the folks from the Sports Science Institute of South Africa. They've got a uh, triathlon workshop that's coming up in uh, a couple of weeks' time for beginner triathletes. So if you're thinking of getting into the sport or if you've just got into the sport and you're based in Cape Town, you'll definitely want to listen to that interview. And I also chatted to a physiotherapist by the name of Richard Fair. We were talking uh, about triathlon injuries. And I was shocked when I asked him what is the top three injuries that he's treating in his practice right now. Also this week, uh, another chance for you to get your name into the draw to win an entry into the Midlands Ultra Triathlon that's coming up on the 1st of December. Uh, and it's been running, or it's going to be running, over eight weeks. We asked the first question last week. Every week we'll ask a question, and you can enter every single week. So the more times you enter, the more chances you've got of getting into the draw. If you missed last week's question, go back and listen to Episode 2 of Try Talk SA, and then just click on the banner on the right-hand side of the website. Uh, submit your entry, and uh, you could get into the draw for that prize. I'll have another question for you coming up later on this week's show. But before any of that, let's get into our first interview. This time of the year is quite uh, difficult to, to be getting out and training. I know I'm really, really battling to wrap my head around, especially getting in the pool when it's cold. But uh, it's probably the best time to, to sort of start building a base and get going. And, and a lot of new triathletes are, are probably thinking and looking ahead towards summer, going, you know what, I'd love to maybe do a race or two, but aren't quite sure where to start. So uh, I came across a, an interesting little program that's been run by the Sports Science Institute of South Africa down in Cape Town. And it's awesome to have uh, Kim Woolrich on the show today. She's a biokineticist and in charge of the triathlon program down there at the SSISA. Uh, Kim, welcome on to Tri Talk SA. Thanks a lot for chatting to us today. You guys are running Thank a workshop um, in, in a couple yeah. of weeks' time for, for brand new... Well, one, of the, one of the markets you're aiming at is, is brand new triathletes. Tell me a little bit about it. Yeah, so we are aiming at pretty no, much novice triathletes. So anyone who is doing their first triathlon or maybe has done a few but just needs a few extra tips on, on mastering triathlons. Um, so, yeah, we, it's on the 22nd of July on a Monday evening, and it's for half past five or six o'clock. Um, and, the, yeah, as I said, the aim is for people um, doing a sprint distance triathlon, kind of that distance, the beginner distance. And our specific aim is the Fresh Pack Warbirds Fitness Festival, which actually takes place in Clan William on the 5th of October. So it's pretty much eight weeks until that event, and um, so it's quite a nice period of time to start training if you're interested in doing your, your first triathlon. Okay, and then, Kim, if, if somebody's listening to this and they go, that sounds pretty cool, what are you guys going to be covering on that night? So 
So we um we have some great speakers. We've got uh, Richard Woolridge, uh, my husband actually. He's also he used to be an elite triathlete, and he also works in our high performance center here. And he's going to be covering training tips, so general training uh, uh, principles and tips for all the three disciplines. He'll also be talking about tips for race day, what you should be doing on the run, the bike, that type of thing. Um, and then we've also got Viv Williams. Um, she's a very uh, well-known triathlete. Um, she's won her um, world triathlon champs for her age group quite a few times. Um, and she's also a very tough swimming coach in Cape Town. So she'll be covering swimming techniques and obviously tips on open water swimming, which is one of those things that for beginners is often often very daunting. Um, also covering things on transitions, because once again, the transition is something you don't always think about, but it can also be quite scary. Um, and then we also have a, a motivational speaker is um, David Webb, and he's the guy who's done one of our triathlon programs here at Sports Science. And when he started, he... he couldn't even run five kilometers, and that was two years ago, and he's actually just completed the full Ironman this year. Um, so he come, is pretty much just telling his story about you know, how, how he got started and how he got to where he is now as well. That sounds like a, like a really nice mix. And, and triathlon is, is quite a daunting sport, especially for, for sort of out-and-out yeah. out novices. There's so much to, to sort of bear in mind. I always joke, I love going to running races because you don't have to take anything. It's just you and your running <laughs> shoes. Whereas triathlon, there's so much to remember. And, and you mentioned the transitions, and it, it, is, it, yeah. it can become so overwhelming. Uh, is it, is it going to be a once-off night that you guys are, are hosting, or is there a long-term sort of plan? You mentioned that race that's coming up in October. What, what's the sort of long-term yeah. rollout of this thing? So we, it's just a once-off workshop. So obviously the, the evening um, will hopefully give people lots of information just on triathlon in general. Um, and then we also, um, starting on the 1st of August, we'll be running a triathlon program. Obviously it's only for people who live in Cape Town. Um, it's an eight-week program that people can come and attend where they will we'll actually help them prepare for the, the triathlon that's happening on the 5th of October at Clan William. So we'll go through everything with them. We do three sessions a week with them here at Sports Science. So we'll do one cycle, one run, and one swim with them. We obviously give them an individualized program. We help them with, we take them to open, do open water swimming with them. Uh, we do transition training, brick sessions. So pretty much we'll, in eight weeks, we'll get them to their, um, their first triathlon. That sounds, sounds amazing. Kim, tell me, if, if yeah. somebody's listening to this and, and they go, that sounds brilliant, I want to sort of find out more, I want to go to the workshop, who can they get hold of, uh, what are the cost implications and that sort of thing, uh, give, us, give us those details. So if they would like to attend the workshop, it's 60 rand uh, per delegate, and then that will include notes and live snacks. Um, they need to email a workshop at CISA, so workshop at ssisa.com, um, and that they can then book their spot for the, for the workshop. Um, and obviously, if they're interested in the triathlon program, they can email the same same person, and they will um, send the information on to us as well. Oh, that is brilliant! And that's the, the nice thing, Kim. I mean, I mentioned that triathlon is quite daunting, and it's it's always cool to do it, and especially if you're getting started, to do it with a group or or with with Definitely. with with guys that are also sort of starting out, because you're going to have questions, and it's it's nice to be able to know that you're not the only one who's who's got that sort of question. But it's also nice to be around people who can answer those questions for you. No, definitely, yeah. No, the group dynamic is a, is, a, is a huge thing. And Kim, tell me, Cape Town winters, uh, they're not the best to, <laughs> to, to train in. Uh, uh, we, we're so blessed up here on the high felt. I mean, it's, I it, it gets chilly, but at least it's sunny and it's not wet. Uh, how do you guys deal with, with that sort of... And, and uh, once again, it's probably the group dynamic, that if you know someone's waiting for you, it just makes it easier to get out of bed in the morning and actually go and meet someone. 
Yeah, yeah, and Cape Town is that special because I think our mornings are also very dark. Like it's only getting lunch at just around eight at the moment, so <laughs> it's it's tough doing the if you are doing early morning sessions and that. But yeah, I think if you if you've got someone that's waiting for you, um, and then I think you've got to also or in a way belong to a gym because you, there's no way you can get every single cycle out there on the road. And if you're a woman as well in the dark and maybe you don't have a training partner. If you join a gym and you go to spinning classes and obviously the swimming, you can do indoors and maybe you have to do a bit of treadmill running. So it's not necessarily ideal, but they are. If, you are, if you're serious about it and you're motivated and dedicated, there's definitely you can fit your training in. Kim, brilliant. And then you just, just got to hope that on the weekend the sun shines so you can get your, your long sessions in. <laughs> Without a doubt. Well, it's all happening Monday the 22nd of July. Where is it taking place? At, at, uh... at Sports Dance, yeah, in our, in our auditorium here at Sports Dance. Okay, cool. So it's the 22nd of July, 5.30 for 6, 60 Rand per person, and the email address is workshop at com. Kim, thank you so much for chatting to us today. I'd, I'd love to sort of get some feedback how it went, and, and maybe we can chat in the build-up to that uh, triathlon that's happening on the 5th of, yeah. August, uh, 5th of October as well to yeah, see how the yeah, sort of preparation great. and that's been going. And, and, and yeah, all the best. Thanks very much, Brad. No worries. We're going to pop those details up on our website as well. So if you missed that email address, uh, I'll pop the flyer up as well. I've got an electronic copy of that. Uh, you can have a squiz. And, and if it's something that interests you and you are in Cape Town, what a great way to get involved uh, with the sport of triathlon, get around some like-minded individuals and, and get ready for summer because uh, the, the, the sort of body you want in summer doesn't happen in summer. It happens in the off-season and, and it's a great way to start the, the sort of new triathlon season. I mentioned every single week uh, about the amazing human spirits uh, that South Africans just possess and, and some of the amazing athletes that we've got. And I'm, I'm just in awe by our next guest here on Trice Talk SA. And, and I use the word phenomenal. Uh, that's probably not the word to describe it because he's a lot more than that. And uh, so chuffed to have him on the show. Peter Dupree, welcome uh, on to Trice Talk SA. Thanks for, for your time this week. Thanks so much for the technical opportunity. Peter, I'm not going to get into too much detail with your story because I obviously want you to share it. But uh, you and, and it's probably you were probably a lot like lots of little boys growing up that you wanted to represent your country at the highest level. And you, you had a dream of, of going to the Olympics as a, as a little boy. And that's what you were working towards. Tell me a little bit about your childhood with regards to athletically. What were you up to? What sort of stuff did you do? Yes, I mean, from, from when I can remember, you know, sport's always been like part of my life. I was very active. Um, so, yeah, I mean, even in primary school already, I made provincial sides in cross country. Um, you know, running was always like a big thing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I did all sports, uh, you know, rapid cricket, tennis, um, swimming, everything um, from when I can remember. And, um, yeah, and then, I mean, come, come high school, um, I also made provincial side in athletics in the 1500 on the track. And I did biathlon and duathlon and that type of thing. So, yeah, I know. I mean, it was just always part of my life. You know, even though my parents did try to bring us up balanced with the culture and academics, I think the sport was always a bit more on my side. And then you, you went to, to university and, and you got involved in, in a bit of, of cycling and, and triathlon and, and you realized you had a bit of ability. I mean, you, you represented South Africa at, at the World Student Games, if, I, if, I, if I'm correct. And, and then you also made the under-23 uh, South African triathlon team, am I right? Yes, yes, that's correct. Yeah, so, I mean, I actually... Uh, made the South African students team for cycling and for triathlon and then um, for triathlon I made the South African team under 23 as well so um, and then obviously I also you know did a lot of different other sports for for, for the university so yeah I mean it's always still the dream was still there you know so definitely Okay, and then it was uh, if I recall correctly it was 2003 the 6th of October you were out on a, on a training ride and 
talk me talk me through what happened. Yes, so um, I mean it's an ironic story. Uh, I always say it's ironic and funny because um, I had a bit of a hamstring niggle um, and I had to do sixty k's of training on the day. And then a friend of mine, um, Sam Spong and Rory Spong, you know, they also quite in the triathlon circuit and seen um They told me about a chiropractor, so I, I thought chiropractor was thirty k's away, so I cycled there back to do my sixty k training, and then on the way there to sort of get my spine in alignment. And they didn't see me, and she knocked me off my bike. So, um, yeah, and I mean, at, at that stage, I, I broke my femur, um, crushed my kneecap, broke both my wrists, and then obviously the most severe was um, breaking my neck, you know, from C4 to C7 eight injury. So, yeah, interesting day. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Peter, how old were you at, at that stage? Uh, I was 23 years old, yeah. 23. So, I mean, you, you're practically in, yeah. in, in the prime of your life, athletically, massive dreams. You, you, you're performing at, at sort of top level. And all of a sudden, this this catastrophic accident happens. You, you break your neck and you paralyze practically from the chest down. So from your, your armpits down, you've got very limited use of your, your arms. Tell me, what was when you're lying in hospital and you've realized what's happened to you, what goes through your mind, especially coming from a very active background, where all of a sudden you've realized, you know what, from now on, life's never going to be the same again. Yeah, you know, it, it is amazing because, I mean, I used to tell everybody before my accident happened that, you know, my life would probably be over if I can't move my legs. Um, and there I was lying at that stage, I couldn't even move my arms at all. Um, so, and, and it's incredible, you know, for me, look, I, I'm a religious guy and I just say my faith obviously must have saved me because it's just absolute grace from above that I just, I never stopped running, you know, even while I was lying there. Um, I just knew I was going to be fine, and I was so calm about it, you know, so it's a strange thing to try and explain, you know, but I, I can't explain it any other than that, you know, that it's just great from above that I just knew I was going to be fine, you know, so, and I mean, obviously there was, I mean, I was on a ventilator for 32 days, I lost my sight for two weeks, um, those type of things in ICU, and there was situations where things went from bad to worse, so, you know, obviously you deal with things at hand, and um, there was you know, a whole bunch of other issues while I was in ICU, etc. But yeah, you know, that all, all along that, I just knew I was going to be fine. You know, so it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, Peter, I mean, you, you talk about just the, the, the sort of your faith and, and, and the thoughts that are going through your mind. That must play a massive role. I mean, my, my sort of background, I come from, from quite, a, quite a heavy, I was very, very overweight. And I met a guy, funnily enough, who had had a stroke and ended up in a wheelchair. And while he was in hospital, his doctor said to him, you're never going to walk again. And he turned around and said to the doctor, I'm going to run comrades. And subsequently, he did. He taught himself to walk again yeah. and, and did exactly that. So uh, I think a lot of it has got to, got to do with your mental mindset when something like that happens how you react to it and how how big a part i mean it, it could have been easy for you to just lie there and go you know what my life's over that's it but you set yourself little goals that you wanted to you wanted to try and become independent again and you wanted to be able to dress and tell me the story about about you sort of teaching yourself to dress again and i think it, it's probably because you were were an athlete where time was everything you you sort of put that to your advantage, didn't you? Yes, yeah. So, I mean, look, I, look, it was a long process from ICU and through rehab. And, I mean, by the time I got out of rehab, I still couldn't do much. But, I mean, the, the key thing about rehab is to learn what this body of yours is all about, you know, because now you're required. And maybe I should just quickly explain, you know, I'm a C, I ended up being functionally a C6 quadriplegic. So, basically, I mean, as you said, from the nipples down, I'm completely paralyzed. Um, and then in terms of arm function, I've only got bias 
biceps and full shoulders. I, I, I don't really have functional tricep movement. I've got no hand movement, no finger movement. So you can imagine, you know, if you think about that, you would think, but how the hell does this guy dress himself? You know, how do you pull a sock up with your pants up, all those type of things, you know? So, so I mean, you, it's all these things that, um, you know, the doctors and the occupational therapists told me won't be possible. Um, and luckily for me, I mean, through sport, I think a lot of things that I learned from sport is that those, you know, those barriers, you shouldn't set them as a barrier and impossible because, you know, maybe one day you suddenly reach that time, you know. So what I did was, um, you know, when I got back home, I managed to figure out ways of dressing, you know, dressing myself fully. But I timed myself the first day of dressing myself fully, um, and that took 15 minutes, so that's 5-0. Um, and then I, you know, obviously that's not functional, I was dead tired. But then what I did was I said, okay, I'm going to give myself 15 minutes every day, 1-5. Um, and so basically I thought 15 minutes would be a, you know, a, a functional time of getting dressed on a daily basis. Um, so, and, and the person who was with me actually laughed. I mean, only Mark gets it go and she had to start the stopwatch. Um, and um, then after 15 minutes, wherever I was, she can then hopefully dress me further. And I mean, but on a daily basis, every day, every morning I timed and timed and I, you know, I think initially after two weeks, this um, lady that, that was helping me like started seeing yes he's actually getting closer and closer so she actually started cheering me on um but yeah you know i think it took about a month and there i was 15 minutes fully dressed um and then i told myself well i'm not going to leave it there i'm going to make my impossible world record getting dressed this time seven minutes and um i mean i, I knew i'll probably never get there um but still you know it, it will motivate me because as i saw myself getting faster it motivated me and with everything else that I did and that to learn myself on, on a daily basis, you know, I timed it and, and it motivated me. So, so I carried on and, um, yeah, you know, eventually before I opened my eyes, I was under 10 minutes. And then I think it was probably two months later that I was under seven minutes, you know. And um, if you think I started on 50 minutes and I thought seven minutes was going to be impossible, that world record, then, I mean, that's just incredible. And, um scary thing is today, you know, I don't tell myself every day anymore, but um, every now and then I still go for a new record. Um, and yeah, today I can, can dress myself in two minutes and 41 seconds. So, um, you know, it's just through that, that you, you just learn that, you know, those barriers that you put out for yourself that you really think is going to be impossible. You know, now I'm three times faster than that barrier, you know. So, so yeah, you know, I, I just learned so much through such a simple thing as getting dressed, you know, and, and I, I just pulled that all the way through to where I am today, you know, in terms of sport, in terms of everything I do. So, absolutely incredible. Peter, I love, yeah. I love that story. I, I think that just as an able-bodied athlete who's, who's trying to get better at what they're doing, I think that just sums up everything about what you need to do to get better at anything in life, not just the sport that you love it's to do anything. You've just got to try and keep on improving. And often you don't see massive results initially, but if you keep on keeping on, the results come. Absolutely, you know, that's a key thing for me is trying and, um, you know, it, it, I always say you have to have that dream, you know, and a dream is something that's actually sort of impossible, but you have to have that and that's the direction that you work towards, but it's put those small little goals on the way to that bigger dream, you know, and I, I always say if you set the date, it becomes a goal, otherwise it stays a dream, you know, so, and I mean, I, even if you don't make that date that you've set or whatever, at least you're keeping on trying, keeping on, keeping on, like you're saying, you know, so, and absolutely, you know, before you open your eyes one day, maybe you never reach that dream, but, you know, you're going to be a hell of a lot closer than if you didn't keep on keeping on. You know, so, you know, and that's just my philosophy of it. So. 
And, and talking of dreams, Peter, that, that Olympic dream of yours that you had as a, as a little boy, you, you've realized that dream now, haven't you? Yes, no, absolutely. I mean, obviously, in a slightly different form. I always say people thought when, when I broke my neck and I was in my accident, you know, that all my dreams were shattered. And I just said it wasn't shattered, just slightly changed. So it changed to Paralympics. Um, and, yeah, you know, it's an amazing thing because, I mean, in the end, the only um, event that was open for my class was the 100-meter sprints. Um, and, I mean, I'm really an endurance athlete. So, so yeah, I, you know, I managed to qualify and um, I went to the Paralympics London 2012 last year. Uh, you know, the, I'd say my race wasn't, like, time-wise, not my best race ever, but, I mean, I ended up sixth in, in the 100-meter sprints. Um, so, yeah, amazing achievement, amazing day, 80,000 people cheering you on. Just absolutely incredible. You know, it, it was absolutely a dream come true, yes. And, and, and sort of just sticking with the Olympics, I, I, I'm sure you'd love to go to, to an, at least another one. I mean, is, is there, I know they change the events because there's obviously so many different classes at a, at a Paralympics, but looking ahead to, to maybe Rio, are there, are there any events that you could target at Rio? Yes, look, I mean, the, the, final, the final event schedule is not out yet. You know, normally that gets finalized about two years out. But um, I must say, it definitely looks like with the hand cycling, it does look like um, they, they are going to actually have my class on its own um, and they're going to start that from next year, um, which would definitely be, you know, that, that's more the endurance stuff, time trial, road racing, those things. So I'm really hoping, you know, that that happens. And I mean, then, yeah, then they, I'm definitely looking towards going to Rio, you know, if possible. So um, there's a slight little other thing that I, I've got a, a degenerative disease with my eyes. So I'm slowly but surely going blind on top of everything. So. Um, you know, so that's the only other thing I'm, I'm really praying and hoping that come Rio that I'm still fine in terms of that. So I will be able to still race, you know, as a quad and then my, my, my sight will be okay. You know, so, so yeah, you know, it all depends on those, those things. So, but it's definitely up on the cards, you know. Brilliant. And then let's talk, talk other races. Triathlon is obviously a, a passion of yours. I mean, you did it at Varsity and, and you, 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 you raced it at the top level under 23s. You you had another a dream of of becoming the first quadriplegic to to complete an an Ironman seventy point three or half Ironman distance triathlon, and yeah. this year you've gone and done that. You 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 went to to Australia and you you completed the the seventy point three in Bisselton. Tell me a little bit about the journey to to making that decision. Yes, yeah, so to be really honest, um, you know I've been planning to try and do that for nine years. If I can put it that way, you know. Since my accident happened um, in 2008, for instance, the Paralympics, there was no event for my class. Um, so, you know, like for me, nevertheless, like triathlon is really what I'm all about. You know, for me, my, I'm just so passionate about triathlon, you know. So, um, you know, and already then I said it probably sounds ridiculously impossible, but, you know, I would like to finish a full Ironman. You know, so, and obviously... There's a smaller little steps going towards that, but I mean, as a quadriplegic, I basically I've got 15% of muscle movement that that able body has, you know. So, so you have to, you know, in any event, able body has to build up the distance slowly but surely, um, you know, on your way to get get to a full Ironman. Uh, so, so for me, you know, in the end, I actually even thought like maybe my Ironman man will be the half Ironman because it's so impossible, you know. And um, yeah, after Paralympics last year. Um, I must say, I did my first Olympic distance try um, February 2010. So, you know, already then I was really on my way to wanting to go do the half at least. Um, and then the Paralympics happened and the sprints happened and obviously you have to change your focus a bit. 
So I probably would have um, gone and done it earlier, but then, I mean, I, I, I did the Paralympics first, and um, then after that, I immediately said, okay, now I'm going to go for it. So, so really, um, you know, already actually in the Paralympic Village already, I, I sent the email and asked the race um, directors at, at the Bustleton Half Ironman uh, whether I can, can compete. Um, and, um, you know, because you always have to make sure that the event will be able to, you know, accommodate you in terms of the run, like not, there not being any steps or going on like like sand or serious grass or off-road um, in the racing chair. So, um, but anyway, yeah, so, so it was awesome and they, they said, yeah, no, they'd love to have me. And um, yeah, that's really when it started. And, and the big thing where I lose um, out versus able bodies on the bike, you know, and the thing is you, the cool thing about Ironman is you have to make the able body cut off. So everybody's sort of on, on the same rules, you know. So so um, I chose Basildon specifically because the bike course is very flat. Um, so it gave me a very good chance to make the bike cut off. Um, and yeah, you know, through training, uh, once again, what seemed impossible became more and more possible in my mind. And um, yeah, 11 May race day arrived and it was just absolutely incredible. I mean, I just... You know, I didn't just finish it, I smashed it in six hours and 36 minutes, beating about 150 able-bodied as well. So, so yeah, it was just an absolutely incredible journey. Yeah. But it has to be said that it's not a journey that I take alone. You know, it, my wife, it, it's a really, it's a team effort. Um, and I and I had a good friend, Justin Jeffries, who actually did the race with me. You know, he races with me, swims with me, keeps me in direction. And, and he's just there for, for safety if something does happen. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it, it was an absolutely incredible day for me and for, for my wife and, and, and us as a team, you know, so it was just incredible. Yeah, I mean, triathlon, and it, it, it's not just for you, Peter. I mean, you, you, you've obviously got an amazing support structure, but triathlon is one of those sports that takes a, a lot of, of time to train for. So there's lots of sacrifices from a family, family perspective, from a spouse and, and that sort of thing. Tell me a little bit about your, your wife. She sounds incredible as well. I mean, she, 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 everything she's gone through with you and, and supporting you, but you guys have, have just had an amazing journey. Tell me a little bit about your wife. Yes, Yana. I mean, yeah, I, you know, I can tell you a lot about my wife. Absolutely amazing woman. Um, you know, I always say she, she um, I, I met her after my accident. Um, I was still in the coma, and friends of my brothers brought her along because she was an occupational therapist working in spinal rehab. So, uh, they tagged her along so that she could tell them exactly, you know, what what is going on with me and what I probably might have or not have, you know, come come after rehab. And um, so I always tell people we literally met by accident. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, she yeah, we, we initially we were just really good friends, um, and yeah, we got married May two thousand and eight, um, and yeah, she's just always been there. I mean, she she wasn't into sport at all, um, you know, like and varsity and those type of things, you know, she, she didn't really, she wasn't very active. But yeah, you know, since she met me, um, now she cycles and runs and we've got two dogs and yeah, she just does, you know, wherever I train, whatever I do, she's always there, you know, to support me and help me and, you know, I mean, you know yourself, you've done a couple of Ironmans, um, you know, those long days out on the bike and things, you know, it, it, for me, obviously, um, you know, people always have to be there, bring you a, you know, extra drink or something to eat or whatever while you're out there and stuff. And she's just always there doing everything with a smile. So, yeah, you know, amazing wife. And, um, yeah, it, it's just, I don't think I deserve her. And everything we do is really a team effort, you know. Like when I win the race or do this, you know, I'm the guy in the limelight. But, uh, you know, there's always her in the background supporting me. So, uh, you know, I can't say thanks enough. Eh? 
Yeah, and it makes a it makes a massive difference to have someone like that behind you. I mean, I'm also truly, truly blessed to to be able to. But Peter, tell me about that uh, Bustleton race. You you obviously smashed it, and and hearing your time, it's it's actually your your half Ironman PB. I've only ever done one proper Ironman seventy point three. I've done a couple of other halves, but my your Ironman oh. seventy point three PB is better than mine. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's good to know. <laughs> uh, tell me, tell me about. I mean, I, I'm I'm, I'm going to ask this question, and I'm pretty sure I know the answer. I mean, you're a big dreamer, you're a massive thinker, and and you spoke about the the your Iron Man being the seventy point three. Deep down, have you got desires to go and try and do a full one? Yeah, it's a funny question you asked me um, today. Um, uh, I actually yesterday sent out my tweet. I booked my place. I'm doing Iron Man eight December. Um, I'm going for the Ironman at the same place uh, at Basselton, so it'll be the full Ironman Western Australia. So, so look, what that half did was it made me believe that I can go for the full. Um, and, yeah, so, you know, obviously I had to um, email the organizers first. The entries was actually closed um, already by the time I emailed them. And so, so um, but yes, yesterday I got the email confirming that, um, they'll be happy for me to come race and yes I'm definitely going for the full and they just said it's not a dream anymore it's now a goal date 8 December end of this year so for five months um, of excitement and crazy training and um, yeah uh, I've got goosebumps just hearing you say that that is superb I'm so happy to hear that you know when I got on the plane back from Australia you know I, like I told my wife it's scary that I said nine years ago um you know, I want to go and do a full Ironman. And, you know, even if you just ask any quadriplegic of my level whether doing a triathlon is possible, they'll laugh at you, you know. So, and, yeah, I was sitting on the plane thinking of setting a date for a full Ironman, you know. So, yeah, you know, it's just an incredible journey. Um, and, yeah, you know, it's, it's crazy to think, but, yeah, I'm going to do it, you know. And it's going to be tough, but I'm ready for it, so. I love that. Very excited. Peter, I have absolutely no doubt that you, you're going to succeed at this thing, and, and I can't wait to follow your journey and, and, and track you on race day like we did at the 70.3. Peter, you're, you're on social media as well. If, if people want to follow your journey and, and maybe be in touch and, and, and sort of just drop a, a word of support to you, what's your Twitter handle? Um, it's at Superpit, so it's at S-U-P-A-P-I-E-T. Um, okay. Yeah, and I mean, it'll be awesome. You know, the support I had on Twitter was crazy on the day, and yeah, you know, I was sponsored by the company I work for, Deloitte as well, and uh, you know the way they supported me, and uh, yes, it's, it's just absolutely incredible. You know, so um, yeah, please, you know, people want to send me messages and stuff. at for Pete's awesome. It'd be great. Peter, what I'll do as well is I'll pop the, that detail on on our website too. So if if somebody uh, wants to get it, they can just click on the show notes for for this episode of Try Talk Essay. Uh, it'll be there. I'll also pop a couple of your YouTube videos up as well. So if people want to see your sort of journey, I know you've got uh, the video to to Bustleton the seventy point three uh, on on YouTube. I'll pop those up there too. It's it's amazing to watch and it's just so inspiring. Peter, thank you so much for taking the time to chat to us today. Uh, it's uh, thank. It's it's been amazing and and I love your story. Keep inspiring and 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 just doing what you're doing. I mean, because you just give so many people hope, and 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 people realize that you know what, the impossible is possible. And if you if you just Absolutely. keep on keeping on and and try and make small improvements every day, you you're going to achieve your goals. Perfect. Now, thanks so much for the opportunity, Brad. I really appreciate it.
Well, on Try Talk SA, we try and speak to a whole bunch of medical practitioners with regards to sort of sports injuries and, and how you can overcome them and, uh, and what causes them and that sort of thing. And it's, uh, it's pretty cool to have uh, Richard Fair on the show this week. Uh, he's a physiotherapist. They've got a massive, massive practice. Uh, you can get them at uh, the Randberg Medi Clinic at Olivedale Clinic, also at Barclays in, in Joburg CBD. Richard, it's great to have you on the show today uh, talking sort of triathlons and, and triathlete injuries. Well, I mean, obviously it's the off-season at the moment, but as far as your practice goes, what's the most common injury that you guys treat when, when triathletes walk through your door? Great. Thanks very much for having me on the show. Uh, the... Believe it or not, the most common injury for triathletes is blisters. It's uh, um, it, it's it's your, your skin gets worn away uh, on your on your feet from from running and cycling, uh, from the long hours that you spend. And so the, the main thing you want to you, you want to do is protect your skin. There's there's a couple of other injuries that the guys that the guys get, and it all depends on what phase of the triathlon you're focusing on. But uh, classically, the guys suffer with uh, Achilles tendon problems and ITB, which is iliotibial band syndrome around the knee, on the outside of the knee. There, there, there are a few other injuries which I can mention, but your, your top three are from from pretty much the, the knee down, um, and it's because you're sitting for so many more hours on your feet uh, on, on the road running and then, and then so many hours on your, on your bike pedaling and and that part of your your lower limb takes takes a big hammering. That's amazing. I would never ever have said blisters. I mean, that's just weird, actually. It is. It is a, I mean, it is a weird phenomenon. But if you if you had to do a, um, a cross sectional study of of people um, doing Ironman and you saw what any complaint was um, that they were complaining about, um, nearly everyone would complain that they got a blister somewhere on their body. It's actually funny, um, and mainly obviously, yeah. Feet. Yeah, and it's funny you mention that because I mean, thinking back now, I got blisters at Ironman, but it's it's just it never really crosses your mind as a sports injury. It's one of those things that, but it could wreck your race, I guess. Richard, touching on those no, three, the, the first one, blisters, yes. as an example. What's the best way to avoid them? I think the best way is um, to make sure that your skin is well protected. You can get certain uh, skin protection creams uh, vaseline is one of the cheapest methods of doing it you get you get uh, expensive um, versions of um, the vaseline type um, gels that you can put on your feet that'll protect you having two layers of socks will help you and toughening up your skin will also help so the more training you do the more uh, you will protect yourself against against blisters some of the guys have gone as far as to use uh, things that, that toughen your skin um, preventatively, and that's you can put methylate on your skin, which I, I wouldn't recommend because it's, it's not very healthy for your skin, for the organ of your skin. Another thing is using dubbin, which you use on your shoes. Um, you can use dubbin on your feet that, that, uh, that can... Um, toughen the skin up a little bit. Okay, and then treatment of them. Uh, there's so many sort of theories out there. Do you leave them? Do you pop them? Do you what? What? what what's the best thing to do if you do pick up a blister? For a, for a blister, the best thing to do is to, um, if you can, leave it alone. Leave it alone. If you want to rapidly uh, fix, which uh, you, uh, you and I and uh, most athletes are in that that group of uh, people who want it fixed quickly, you can try taking a. Um, 
a needle with some cotton and threading it through the blister and then leaving, then untying the cotton and leaving the cotton uh, in the blister so as to drain the fluid out of it and into the cotton and then to leave the skin intact. Your, your aim with this is to keep the skin intact because once the skin falls off, it's going to take you a minimum of three days for you to form skin and you don't want that to become infected and painful because guaranteed it doesn't matter how tough you are, it will slow you down. Okay, then Achilles, what's the best way to sort of uh, avoid an Achilles injury? Man, what I, what I can say is monitor it. I mean, you, you and I both know that stretching is something that athletes should be doing specifically in triathlon because you're doing so many different things. You should be stretching every day. When you stretch every day, you will start feeling and sensing when your Achilles is becoming sore and tight. And you can address it with the correct physiotherapy treatment or more stretching or getting a heel raise for your Achilles or strengthening your calf muscles. So to, to sense what's about to happen, you should stretch every day so you get an idea of what's getting sore and when before it's too late. Um, and, and if you start feeling it coming along, I would suggest immediately stretch uh, and hold your stretches for 30 seconds and try to do nine repetitions a day until the pain um, over the next few days or weeks goes away. And if it still isn't getting much better, you can use a heel raise, which you can buy at, at various outlets, which, which gives you a bit of purchase. And over and above that, then I think speaking to um, your, your medical practitioner, your, your physiotherapist, your doctor, your biokineticist, these guys can advise you on massage and strengthening and also some pharmaceutical interventions. And then you touched on, on ITB as well. And a lot of times, I mean, people think, oh, it's ITB, it's on your knee, that's where the issue is. But a lot of times injuries like this are actually caused from weaknesses elsewhere, am I, am I right, where it could be a weak glutes that, that's causing sort of alignment issues that then causes ITB. 100% Brad. I, I think uh, you've hit the nail on the head weakness in one part of the body can often refer to, to somewhere else. And um, that's often the case with triathletes. You get a bit of a weak core situation and it can spill over to uh, a trochanteric bursitis, which is a painful outer hip. You can get an ITB, you can get shin splints. Shin splints is another common problem for uh, triathletes. You can get this Achilles tendonitis. But, but focusing back on, on what we're talking about and saying that uh, ITB is a problem, it, it really is a problem which occurs where you might or might not have a weakness or an imbalance between uh, muscles of the legs, um, but it presents as a pain um, on the outside of the knee where the band of tissue that runs on the outside of the knee starts to rub against the protuberance of the bone of the outside of the knee. And that rubbing creates friction, which creates a small amount of bleeding, which then swells up, and the more it swells up, the more you tend to rub on that area. Yeah, the best example I can give a patient would be to say, if you bite the inside of your cheek when you're chewing um, something, the inside of your cheek swells up, and the tendency for you to bite it again and again um, uh, will occur. So the same with your knee. Once it starts to swell, the more you run, and specifically running downhills, the, the more you're going to inflame it, and the longer your ITB is going to last. And it can be a, a triathlon career-ending injury. So 
these things are, are to be taken seriously and when when one feels them just to just to um uh, check check up on it and 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 deal with it as soon as possible and and ITB what's the the sort of and and you know what it's an athlete thing we we just want to get on the road as quickly as possible if if you've picked it up, rest is that the best thing to sort of give it a couple of days, see what it's like. If it's still not right, then go see your your physio or, or medical practitioner. Yeah, I think I think spot on. Bad rest is always best. Um, and if and if rest starts to take care of it, then then get back into functioning as an athlete straight away. There's no there's no sense in resting for too long, and sometimes cross train. So if RTB is hurting your knee when you run then get on the bike. And if, if that feels comfortable, then stay there. If it still doesn't, then, then go and, and swim and concentrate on your, on your swimming, which most triathletes require. Um, if that still doesn't purchase uh, any, any additional time for you, then I think, as you, as you recommended, get on and, and, and chat someone that you, uh, to someone that you know uh, that will give you the right advice with, with regards to rehabilitating the injury. I guess that's probably one of the, the nice things about being a triathlete is that if you do pick up a niggle that sort of flares on one of the disciplines, you can always go do the other two as opposed to if you're just an out-and-out cyclist and you pick up an injury, yeah. you, you find it very difficult to, to actually do anything. So I guess we've probably got a massive advantage there over, over guys that are just single disciplinary sort of athletes. You, no, you do indeed. You do indeed. Are we treating a triathlete at the moment who came off his bicycle um, a few weeks ago, and he's hurt his shoulder badly. He's actually he, he's participated in uh, international events in South Africa, and he uh, has a shoulder problem now. So I've I've recommended that he cycles, and if cycling's okay, then I've recommended he starts running. And if running's okay, we're slowly going to get him back in the pool and and, and to carry on with his swimming after that. Yeah, I think it's brilliant advice, Richard. Thanks so much for catching up with us today. Uh, and yeah, I'll pop your details up on our website as well. It's on trytalksa.co.za. If anybody's in the sort of Joburg area and they're looking for a physio, I can definitely recommend you guys. You've sorted me out uh, in the build-up to Ironman this year and uh, got me back on the road. It was literally eight days, I think, before the race. So yeah, very, very chuffed. And, and, and we look forward to chatting to you again, without a doubt. Superb. Thanks very much, Brad. And yeah, try and, try and hard and go well. Well, that's about a wrap for Try Talk SA this week. Thanks again for downloading and listening to the show. Uh, wow, what an inspirational, inspirational uh, interview with Peter Dupria. I am in awe of uh, everything he has achieved and, and just the way he thinks and, and the sort of goals that he sets for himself. I think he is an absolute inspiration. If you want to follow him on Twitter, it is at SuperPit. Thanks a lot to our other guests as well, uh, Richard and Kim. And uh, yeah, that's it. Another chance for you to win this week on TriTalk SA. We've got that entry to the Midlands Ultra Triathlon. That's taking place on the 1st of December. All you need to do is go to trytalksa.co.za, click on the little sidebar image of uh, the logo, and uh, answer this simple question. Uh, which Ironman is Peter Dupria planning on doing on the 8th of December? Uh, and yeah, there we go. We'll pop your name into the draw. Don't forget you can enter all eight weeks and get eight chances to win that entry to the Midlands Ultra Triathlon. I look forward to chatting to you again next week. Don't forget if you'd like to be in touch, it is podcast at tritalksa.co.za. That's the email address. 
You can also pop us a tweet at TryTalkSA, or you can follow us on Facebook. Uh, just look for our page. It is TryTalkSA. Uh, if you are subscribing to us on, on iTunes, if you wouldn't mind also just leaving a review, it helps uh, us let other triathletes find us, and it helps us grow the show as well. And until next week, have yourself a great one. We'll chat then. Cheers. Bye.